I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Today we have a amazing guest who showed up as a surprise guest at a, a all day God Secrets seminar I did at Paula White's church, who uh, helped us to host that in Orlando, Florida, which is amazing. Todd, uh, we were doing the big Send event, which was a stadium event uh, initiated by Luingo and YWAM, along with Daniel Kalende, Todd White, and many others, Michael Kulianos. The names go on and on and on. It was an incredible event. And the day before we did our event, which was a training event, a lot of the group, local groups or a lot of the groups that were participators in the SIN, we tried to do trainings in the city so that we could just activate as many people as possible. And we had a sold out event. It was so amazing. And Todd came as a special surprise guest. And it was just outrageous what he shared. He got to share his testimony. He got to share why he's an evangelist, why he's passionate about souls. And you're going to hear that interview as we explore the prophetic together and how it's affected Todd White, who's one of, I think, the church's heroes right now in pursuing people with a love-based, identity-based, healthy pursuit of evangelism. He's raising up people worldwide, activating people through his local school in Dallas, Texas, but also through just events all over the world. I think he does, they do, you know, so many events a year. I think it's 30 or 50 events a year where um, it's called Power and Love, where they activate people and their identity to be, and then to reach out of that place of spiritual identity to the world around them. And they believe in signs and wonders and the supernatural hand of God. I've been with Todd so many times when people have been healed right on the streets or right in the hotel or right on the plane or whatever. I've been with them and I've witnessed firsthand the passion he has. There's just nothing fake about Todd. Everything's so authentic. And we get to hear that today. And we get to hear some of the story and some of the origin story of Todd White, which is beautiful. And if you've never heard of him before, you're going to really enjoy his passion. If you have heard of him, you're going to enjoy hearing a, a more in-depth view of his story. And before we get to his interview, I just want to share this resource we have for you today. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I want to tell you about an exciting product that will resource you. I had a heart to release a book that would help everyday people hear God's voice, but be able to translate his voice to the world around them. Thus was birth Translating God, which is one of my favorite products and resources we've ever released because of the feedback we've gotten from literally thousands of people who may have been burned out, jaded, or just confused about the prophetic or something didn't even know about it. And they read this love-based approach on how to hear God's voice and how to have a trackable, accountable life that's biblically based, that totally takes you on a journey like you've never been on before in the prophetic. I wanna encourage you, get Translating God for your church group, for your ministry, for your business, get it for your friends. It really changes people's paradigms on what to expect for supernatural ministry, on hearing God's voice, on how God relates to us, on who he is and his nature, and how to grow in a really effective ability to hear God's voice. And of course, translate that voice to the world around you. We wanted to make this very accessible. So find Translating God in a store near you or visit our website, www.bullsministries.com. I am so excited because I have a friend who we were talking on the phone the other night and he was talking about how hungry he is, which I am too, for another installment of the prophetic. We were saying we have to have more, like there has to be more. We have to go after more. And it wasn't striving. It wasn't, it wasn't this place of like, oh, there's more. It was this place of deep hunger 
And I love where Jesus himself says, blessed are the hungry because they're gonna be filled. How many of you are so hungry for more? Like you have to, I mean, so my friend who said he's hungry for more said, I'm gonna pop into your seminar because I have to get an impartation from you. That's how hungry he is. I mean, he, I need his impartation. He said, I have to get one for you. And I said, can you do a 30 minute interview if you pop in? And he said, yes. So I'm gonna introduce you to my friend, Todd White. Come on out. Okay, we literally have, he has to get over, he's on the committee of the stand for the event tomorrow that most of you guys are going to, and so he literally only has 30 minutes, so I'm going to get right into it. First of all, I'll just welcome you to be with this group. Obviously, they're hungry. Yeah. Uh, yay. Amen. So, I've known you, I think, since right after you got saved, not well, but right after you got saved, you came out to LA and we met a little bit. And you were already like loving people on the streets, just whatever you could do. But something's happened where you've become kind of a picture, and I'm not using the word icon in a negative, idolistic way, but an icon of love. Like people, when they think of you, they think, I need to love people better. I need to, I need to actually connect to that place of love. And how did that really, like what was the story? How did that really become your story? Yeah. Well, you know, for 34 years, no one told me about Jesus and no one shared a prophetic word. No one shared a word of knowledge. I didn't even know that that was, you know, I saw psychics and all these different shows about talking to dead people and all that stuff was on. I just, I, I was intrigued by the supernatural, but it was the dark stuff, you know? And I, when I got saved, I, you know, I got, I had gotten shot at. I had an encounter with a voice that said, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? I go away, I went to Teen Challenge. And, and the Teen Challenge that I went to was very legal. And even though the program's amazing and it was started you know, by Dave Wilkerson and it's still amazing, it was more on the legal side. Like you have to do this and you have to do yeah. this. But I would get up every morning. I couldn't read, so I had a, a reading disorder. So when I went in there, the guy that, the pastor that I'd met when I went in, he told me that you need to find out what it means to be right with God. Because I went into this Teen Challenge place. I couldn't read. I went into the prayer room every morning, an hour before everybody else got up. And I was so intrigued that God wanted to speak to me. But how do I hear his voice other than him yelling at me saying, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? When I got shot at. So I'm like, I need to hear your voice, but not in that way. <laughs> and I knew you're real because you saved my life. There was no bullets in my car. I went in and I found out that God like forgave me. I found that he forgot all the things I did, he pushed it, he put it into a sea called forgetfulness. And he redeemed me, and redemption to me, and how he explained it to me, was I'm redeeming you to before man ever ate the tree. In other words, in the garden before you've ever sinned, before you ever missed it. So every day when I look at you, I see you as if you've never eaten the tree. And so it rocked me in such a way, like I didn't deserve that, I deserved to die. And this grace came, this love came, and overwhelmed me with the fact that he didn't just forgive me, but he forgot what he forgave, and he never bring it up again. And I was so in love with the fact that, like, I didn't have to do anything except believe that what Jesus did is enough. I was blown away. And so when I leave Teen Challenge, I come home, and I'm like, I need to say I'm sorry to my 
girlfriend because I destroyed her life. I threatened to kill her if she ever left me. I was, had a seven and a half year old kid. I didn't know that I was a father. I didn't realize what it meant to be a father. And the first day when I came home, I held my kid and it was like I knew what it meant to be a father because I had had an encounter with the father. And so right then it started. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like so amazing. And I became this on fire, burning, burning bush that was like constantly encountering God's love every day. And I, I was fascinated that all these stuff, all these things that I did, God's not thinking about what I did. He's thinking that I believe enough in what he did that all this is done. And so I'm like, I'm radically in love. I'm, my girlfriend had come to Christ when I went in there. We got married four days later, like powerful. But everybody hated me, all the family members. So I learned how to love through people that hated me. Because the people that are the angriest towards you help to perfect love in you the deepest if you let them. And so I had all these people, her mom, her stepdad, her brothers, like all my family. I'd hurt everybody. I stole from everybody. And so nobody else saw what I saw, and I couldn't allow what they didn't see to influence what I did see. So I just went after Jesus with everything, and I needed to tell everybody about God. I needed to tell them, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Have you heard the good news, you know? And people were like, uh... Okay, I tell them about Jesus, they're like, okay. And so, you know, for me, I don't know, is this too long of an answer? This is great. Okay, all right. Because for me, this like, this totally rocked my life. So my best friend, who is the lady that I married, who I threatened for seven and a half years, is now like the number one person. It's like we didn't miss a beat, except now it's all brand new. Like, I literally believe that when I came to Christ, I was a new creation. Yeah. All things really passed away and all things became new. But, but for me, the word all meant all. And I was like, oh my gosh, all things. So people would say, well, this isn't, and I'm like, no, 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 he said all things. And they were like, no, you're, you need to use wisdom. And I was like, wait a minute, the Bible says all things. He said, I'm forgiven. He said, he forgot it. He said, he'd never bring it up. He said, it was wiped out. I'm going with that. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'd wake up guilt-free, shame-free, no, con- no condemnation, no, no regret. And so I woke up that way when I, you know, at Teen Challenge when I had this encounter with truth. And then I've pursued truth on my knees every day, the reality of what God said. And I've taken, and I continually take every thought captive that tries to rise itself up against the knowledge of him. It's not just, it's not just the knowledge of him in heaven, but who he is in me. It's the knowledge of who he is in me. It's the knowledge of what he did for me. It's the knowledge of what he wants to do through me and what he wants to do for me. And I'm like, I'm blessed and amazed with that. So I, I saw somebody get healed at a healing service. And a lot of you probably have heard it, but I saw somebody come in and ask this pastor who was doing the healing service. This is like two weeks after I'm saved. That they, he said, um, she said, my husband has a form of leukemia. There's only 50 other cases of this form 49 of them are dead we don't believe in anything you preach today because they came to hear the service they were totally brought up in cessationism they didn't believe in any miracles that died with the disciples and or was gone with the disciples and she's like we don't believe in anything but you're our last resort (laughs) and they said they said to this pastor dan they said is this going to matter he goes absolutely not let me pray for you and i sat back and went oh my gosh this is amazing so like he prays for them and it wasn't any bottle rockets or like just crazy fireworks, except in the name of Jesus, be healed, just real calm. And the guy looks at Dan and says, is that it? Wow. 
And Dan goes, absolutely, here's my number. And like gave him his number. He's let me know the results. So the guy's like, okay. The wife was like, really? And they walked out and he walked in the same way he did. He came in, hospice, came in like just withered away to nothing. Went back out and I sat and I thought, wow, that's amazing. But I didn't see change. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, like other people have said about them manifesting healing and they got healed. And I'm like, well, they didn't say anything. But two weeks later, the medical report came in that it was completely healed. Wow. And I went crazy. I said, oh my God, if Jesus is doing it here, why wouldn't he do it out there? I didn't have any models. We lived in Pennsylvania. I like went to a small church, but he was doing it at the healing services. And I thought, well, Jesus, and I started to read the gospels and see that he did it outside. I'm like, I'm going to pray for everybody. And it was amazing. And I started, I prayed for at least 10 people every day. And two weeks into this, my wife, we were at Walmart and like I, I had prayed for all these people. And I think we're two weeks in. My wife said, this is the last time I go shopping with you ever. <laughs> so my best friend said, I will never, ever go with you again in public. And like she meant it. And so I didn't see anybody healed. Now I prayed for 10 people every day for one week with 70 people, not one manifestation of healing. Two weeks, not one manifestation of healing. And like, she's like, I'm done. Like, you're a crazy lunatic. I'm not going to do this with my life. And I said, Jesus is amazing. You're going to see. And so kept praying. And it was three and a half months. And I finally saw somebody. I got my first word of knowledge. Didn't know what it was. No one ever told me what a word was. It came. And I asked the guy. And he said, yeah. And I went, oh, my gosh. He goes, how'd you know? I go, I don't know. But can I pray for you? Because it was so fascinating to me because I didn't, I was never taught a word of knowledge. I just like had this thought that wouldn't go away. So he let us, or he let me pray and Jesus healed him. And I'm like so celebrating and so excited because this was like a thousand people that didn't get healed. And now this is my first one. And I had a thought about what it was, which was totally freaky for me. And I called my wife and she hung up on me. She didn't want to hear it. And I called that pastor and I said, guess what? It worked. And all of a sudden it started to break through. And that's where I started to see breakthrough. But no matter what, when you're praying for somebody, they're not a project. They're the object of God's desire. And realizing that he loves you, like even if you don't get to see the manifestation of healing, you need to leave them with, he loves you and he wants you to know him. See, we were talking about this earlier because I said, if you're doing like outreach and you try try to get words of knowledge, and if it's about you or your performance or the word, you'll give up. I said, this is going to take a couple thousand times before you feel comfortable with yourself, let alone someone else. But if they're the object of God's love. Yeah. And you're just trying to love. You can't fail. It's just something's going to happen. And yeah. I remember being with you the very first time I met you. We were in a blockbuster parking lot in Studio City. I live down the street there now with Chad Deadman, you, with Jamie Galloway maybe? I think so. Is Jamie here? Jamie's coming later on too. So, and oh. a couple other guys. And you ran after somebody and you prayed for him. And you're like, okay, test it out. I think it was their leg or their back or something. Test it out. Test it out. And I remember just going... He's doing this for real, right here, right, for real. And I've, I haven't been around this for like two years. This is wild. And, and the guy was healed. Then you went to another lady, and she didn't even want prayer. She's like, no, no, no. And you're like, I'm just trying to love you. I'm just trying to, and you came back over. And you were as happy about her as you yeah. were about him. You were just yeah. happy. You were just like, and I've, now it's so many years. And that was how many, a long time ago. And being around you now, it's, if you try and talk to him like in public, you have to, you have to make sure he's facing a wall. So we can't see humans? Just go to a place where we're not in public <laughs> and we can talk. It's like, don't, don't let any humans around. Because you still have the same, it's not enthusiasm, it's not zeal. Well, it's, it's spiritual zeal, but it's, it's a place of just love, of connects. 
And, and what I love about when, we're, when you're sharing this story is that the fruit of what started, you've just gotten hungrier when you say, I, I experienced this love, it's kept me focused, whatever. It's, it's made you hungrier, not, and not like I've arrived somewhere, there's, I'm happy, I'm satisfied. You're actually, the, I feel from whenever we talk, we talk about our desperation. It's like there's this desperation of like, we have not got there yet. And a lot of it's because you do a lot of evangelism and there's so many people who are responding and going to heaven, but there's billions of people who aren't. So talk about that a little bit, about having that place of hunger. What do you do with that place of hunger when you feel almost the pain of like the love of God, the hunger of God? I mean, I, I spend a lot of time crying. Uh, Leah, I just, I just know that God loves people and I want them to know that. I don't want, this thing's not a show and it's not about ministry. It's about God's heart for everyone that's on the planet. And I, I'm convicted personally. No one ever shared Jesus with me for 34 years of my life. You know, lots of people write lots of bad things and say lots of crazy things on just YouTube videos. It's crazy, the stuff that I hear. And I, I just want to encounter them. And Jesus just loved the hell out of them. I just think it'd be amazing. The, the hellish thinking and the twisted stuff. I, I am so hungry for more. I, I, I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to be separated from God. I need people to know that Jesus is real. I, I, don't, I don't want them to be separated even now in this life. I mean, we're in this little tiny window called life. And I want people to connect with Jesus here because their time of connection is here and we're the avenue that like we can connect them to the Father and to know that they're loved and that they're valued and that they're important. Not everybody that you see that has a smile on their face, it's not always real. It's a smile to kind of mask what's inside. And when God gives you a word for their heart, it just, it hits home and it hits something like, like just yesterday we're in a, I was just out and I'm hungry for more. I'm walking around, God, you've got you've to talk through me. You've got to speak to me. You, you've got to help me. I need to reach people, God. Help me. And I walked into a store and I was praying for this one girl and I looked up and there's another girl with her hand in there praying. She works there. I go, oh my gosh, you're a Christian. She goes, yeah. She walked away like kind of embarrassed, but she couldn't help but to get her hand out there because she's trying to witness to her. But now we come in and make it easier and open up the door for other Christians to actually be normal. It's pretty awesome. So she comes in and I said, hey, I said, can I pray for you? She goes, yeah, if you want to. I said, sure I do. I said, first of all, we're doing a big meeting called The Send at the Camping World Stadium. I said, what do you think about coming to that? She goes, I work on Saturday. The other girl goes, I'll cover for you. Wow. She's like, she's like, okay, I, I didn't ask you to cover. Are you serious? She's like, yeah. I said, can I pray for you? She goes, yeah. I said, you know, I just see you as a dancer, and I see you having this dance on your life, and you walked away from it. She starts bawling. She's like, wow. oh, my gosh. And I said, look, I said, God's called you to be one. I said, you've kind of pushed it away because of this. You've got to make a living. You've got to make money. It's not feasible. But God's given you this gift on your life, and she's like, you have no idea how timely this is. Just powerful. I just want to. I just want to have the key to unlock someone's heart, so that they can see who their father is. So they stop thinking that God's mad at them, that He's angry at them, so they can know the love of God. I mean, because the love of God is what saves you. The love of God is what keeps you. The love of God is what keeps you outside of living a life of compromise when you say yes to Jesus. Because the same grace that brought you in is the same grace that will hold you and will keep you there. I'm going to ask for kind of one of the larger stories that you've had where it was one of those times where 
hearing God was so satisfying because the, the fruit of someone's life changing so much. And that would be one of them. But what was one of the big moments in life where it's like, I've never seen God so big for someone? <clears throat> oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, wow. <laughs> okay, just one of them. All right. I was in a hotel and I was in Atlanta and I was, I was staying in the hotel. I was going to... Um, I was speaking somewhere, so we went and we were going to head out to, to a restaurant to go eat, and I walked out in the hallway, and I saw a lady out in the hallway, she was getting ice, and I walked up to her and I said, hey, I said, how are you? She goes, I'm okay. I said, there's somebody really close to you, if not you, that has a serious problem with their rotator cuff. She goes, it's my boyfriend. I go, awesome. I said, where is he? She goes, he's in the hotel room. I said, wow. I said, are you a Christian? She said, I am. I love the Lord. And I, and I know that, like, the whole being with your boyfriend in the hotel room isn't, when you love the Lord, that's not an option. But when you don't know him, you know about him, it's an option. So she needs to have a closer relationship with Jesus so that that thing gets broken off. Because when she sees who God created her to be, it's over. Like, that part right there. So I'm not going to address that. I'm going to address who God's created her to so be. So good. And so... She goes, no, 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 you can't come down to the room. You can't come down. I said, well, I'd love to, but wait a minute. You have an aunt too, right? And she said, yes. I said, and she has a mental disorder. She goes, oh my God, she wants to kill herself. She said, I said, Jesus is healing it right now. And we started to pray. She started to cry. She goes, I'm going to get my boyfriend. So she walks down the hallway. She brings her atheist boyfriend out who does not like God. Comes out in the hallway. And I said, hey, I said, I really need to talk to you. He goes, what's going on, man? What's this about? He's tired, just woke up. I said, bro, I said, I know that you have an issue with your rotator cuff. He goes, what the blank's going on to his girlfriend? She goes, he's a Christian. He goes, I don't believe in none of this, whatever. And I said, well, how did I know about your shoulder? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, why don't you let me pray for you? He goes, I don't believe in it. I said, don't believe, just let me pray. Because <laughs> that's not a requirement. Religion teaches you that's a prerequisite, but... God's goodness brings you to repentance. That's where we need to be. And so I asked him, and he's like, he's like, go ahead. I think he said, go the blank ahead, actually. He was angry. He's like, hurry up, get this over with. So I prayed for him. He lifted his arm up. He started bawling. And God showed me that he turned his back on God when his grandmother, who was a devout Christian, died. Because wow. he believed if God loved me and he really was who he was, that he wouldn't have killed my grandma. Wow. And I said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's totally shaken, like overwhelmed. And I'm like, man, God is good, bro, and he loves you. He goes, man, this is amazing. I don't even know what to say. I said, just say you love Jesus, buddy. I said, you ran away from him. It's time to give your life back. And he's like, oh, uh, okay. So he, gets, he gets, gives his life back to Jesus. I said, all right, man. I said, well, we're going out to dinner. He goes, we're not going back in that room. He goes, we're coming downstairs. So on the elevator, I said, you know what would be a great idea? You getting married. I said, you know why? I said, because you love her. He goes, I really do. I said, do you love him? She goes, I do. I don't know what's happening right now. I said, Jesus, Jesus is speaking to you on an elevator, but he's not condemning you. He's convicting you. So your job is what do you do with your conviction? And then I shared our testimony about my girl and I getting married. And they were like, wow, this is awesome. So I gave him a hug. They both dedicated their life to Jesus. We left. We went to Texas Roadhouse. We pointed in the parking lot. We go in. And as we're walking inside, I see a waitress run past me, bump into me, and run down the sidewalk. So I chased her down because she's crying. And I go, hey. I said, what's going on? She goes, she goes, just leave me alone. I said, wait a second. Look at me. 
I said, let me ask you a question. I said, this is a, this is a job you think is a dead-end job? I said, your real job is you want to be a psychologist to children. She screams, starts freaking out. No! How can you know this? I said, because Jesus is real. Don't tell me about Jesus! So I started to share some stuff about her mom and about where she's at and, and the reason why. And she's like, oh my God. And she goes, you're a crazy man. Wait a minute. I said, I have a friend of mine that was in the hotel with me right before we came. I'm going to tell you what happened and then he's going to come back and confirm it so you know. So I shared the testimony about what just happened at the hotel. And my friend William comes out and I go, tell her what just happened at the hotel. And she told him, he told her and she just lost it. She goes, oh my God, this is the Lord. And she got born again and gave her life to Jesus, which is so good. So it was kind of cool. I knew of a church, Bethel, Atlanta, which is amazing. I was going to direct her to plug in there. Gave the other couple the same address. And then walked in and there was a waiter, a waiter that came up to our table, table. His name was Tanner. And I saw the yin and yang sign on his arm. And so I started sharing with him about Jesus. And he goes, oh yeah, bro, you found your path. I'm like, I used to use that lingo too. Like, Jesus isn't a path, he's the way. So I started sharing with him about Jesus being the way to the Father. And he's like, well, you know, I don't believe in that, but I am spiritual. I said, wow, okay. I said, bro, I said, when you were, when you were like nine years old, you fell off the monkey bars and broke your wrist. He goes, oh my God, bro, that's real. He goes, you're super spiritual. I said, no, I'm super Christian. I love Christianity. Jesus is so powerful. He's like freaking out. God speaks to me and he said, this is his last night if he doesn't get born again. And so I started to share my heart with him and he starts like choking up and he goes, man, he goes, I went, I, I just got out of rehab. I left early and tonight I was planning out on going out and having my last night. I go, no, dude. He goes, how can you know this? I said, because I'm a Christian. I'm in love with Jesus and he loves you, man. He wants a relationship with you. And I go, I said, dude, you have to call your mom right now. I go, your mom's been praying for you and his phone rings and it's his mom. I said, give me the phone right now, bro. So he gives me the phone. I go, hi. I said, my name's Todd. At first he goes, "Uh, mom, yeah, I'm at a table. I just met a guy. He's my friend. And he wants to talk to you. Here, gives me the phone. So he starts sharing with this kid, Tanner, about Jesus. And I, I shared with his mom, you've been praying for your son. He just got out of rehab. God spoke to me and said that this was going to be his last night. And I said, I need you to be at church tomorrow morning because I need to speak to you guys. And so she's like, is he going to come to church? He doesn't like Jesus. He hates Jesus. I said, yeah. He said, he'll come if you come. She goes, I'll come. So it was pretty amazing. So they both came the next morning. Like we prayed over him. This kid didn't go out. He went home that night. He came the next morning to Bethel, Atlanta. And I got to share. And I see him there in the front aisle or the front seat. And God speaks to me about all the finances that she spent for all these rehabs and all these different things. So I'm like, come up here. And I told the church, we're going to take a huge offering for this lady right here. Bless her. And Tanner sat there and lost his mind crying. Like they brought another girl in that was just coming because she couldn't believe that someone knew everything about Tanner. Like the lady at the well, come and see a man that told me everything about me. And they, she came forward. She got delivered of a demon, got born again. And then we blessed her. I think we took out like a $7,000 offering between six and 7,000 for him. He goes, I haven't cried. He goes, it feels like my birthday. I said, it is bro. It's the day you got born again. And so that's just, that was just, that was the one of the. I just, yeah. I mean, I just think of our options are so limited if we don't hear from God with people. But if we do hear from God, they have a God result. And this is what we're looking for. I'm so glad you came today. I know you got to already go. Yeah, but you have to pray for me. 
I will pray for you. I'm okay. pray for everybody who I'm praying for you. But uh, I, I want I want so much more. He doesn't realize from him. I'm just doing the initial investment. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like we're at this place where the great harvest is starting. And the biggest tool in our tool belt is knowing what's in our Father's heart. Yeah, yeah. And so prophecy, when it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, go after love like your life depends on it and eagerly desire prophecy because this happens. And I know even with this happening, if you hear, I, I, it's important for you to hear this and some of you are gonna hear by podcast, but those of you who are live today, it's important for you to hear Todd, so many of you watch some of the, the movies and, and um, TV stuff and you know, his own ministry where he's gone and trained literally tens of thousands of people now in power and love. And then they have their training center out to school. But it's important yeah, that for you, you to hear. Uh, I had a good time prophesying that. While you were healing somebody, I was prophesying over Bro, you. Bro, at the Azusa, at the street, we were at a breakfast. And Sean had a word about a campus and a banner over it being love. Just be Jesus. Just be love with multiple buildings. The land's larger than you need when it comes. And it's not far off. It's very soon. It was actually months later. And now we're sitting in that very building. And we have 200, we have, well, we have 300 students in our second semester at Lifestyle Christianity University. That's amazing. And we're raising up warriors. And a lot of them are down here right now, out there on outreach, constant. Outreach. And like people are getting saved, healed, delivered, protected, made whole, kept safe and sound, come on. Okay, so back to what I'm saying though, because I love that story. Way to go. Is that you're hearing Todd, he's like being vulnerable with us as a, as a group, saying Jesus is enough, but I don't have enough access to Jesus yet. I want more of Jesus. And that's really important for you to hear because some of you feel to the point of maybe bad discouragement with where you're at with God or where you're at with not being able to hear or connect to God. Some of you are at a point like Todd of good hunger and me of good hunger of saying, there has to be more. You, you've, it's Habakkuk. I've heard of your fame. I heard of all you can do. I've, heard, I've seen it in history now. I've read all the books. I've done it. But now in my day, God, for your sake, do it here too. And so I just think it's really important that you see an example of spiritual hunger from somebody who's already doing like a measure of ministry that a lot of us really respect in a massive way. And yet he's saying there has to be more. And that's healthy. That's really, really, really good. And it should give you courage to say, yes, God, there's more. We're all about to enter into something new. We're all about to get a new measure. What I have isn't enough. What you have isn't enough. Because Jesus is the only thing that's enough. And he's about to come and manifest the way he never has before. And so I so enjoyed our time. I so enjoy you sharing this. And before, just for the podcast sake, how do people get a hold of you? It's the primary way people get a hold of you. Well, just Jeremiah 33.3, call upon me. <laughs> I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. <laughs> or <laughs> no, you can go to... Yeah, we have a website, lifestyleofchristianity.com. Yeah. yeah. Just... And they host lots of, they host the school, they host yeah. lots of events. Get involved, get plugged in, read his new book. He's just doing amazing things. Let's pray. Okay. Yeah, come on. Oh my gosh. Shall I record this? Yeah, I know that when you come towards me, I should always record it. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm staying seated though. Hey, this one more. Just so you know, godly contentment is great gain, but never be satisfied with what you have. That's so good. Be satisfied with who you've created you to be, but don't be satisfied because there's more. Does that make sense? Content with who he's created you to be. Content with Jesus. Content with the cross. Content with who God's created you to be, identity-wise. Son, daughter. But never be satisfied with where you are. And pray for him to give you a gift of hunger. Amen. I'm going to grab your hand. God, you showed me in this season that you're going to put together what uh, the evangelist 
Billy Graham and those who went with him and around him and like him. And then the healing latter rain movement of healing evangelists. And even as uh, Paul Kane and Billy Graham died uh, uh, so recently and that there's something that, that you're releasing that represents the healing and the prophetic and the mass call to evangelism, God. And I pray that uh, this season that Todd and his family would be so poured into, but Lord, that there's a changing of the guards and you're raising up a new platform, a new space. You've given natural space, but you're about to give spiritual space and media space like Todd has never seen. And just like Billy Graham was one of a kind in a generation, we know that Todd White is one of a kind in a generation. And I prayed, Lord, that this next season, that he wouldn't just receive a breakthrough that would cause greater ministry, but that he would receive a breakthrough that would cause greater understanding of you, Jesus. That, of course, that that unravels here on the earth. Of course, that creates more opportunity. Of course, that creates more ministry. But I pray that, that the cry that I hear, which is more of you, Jesus, less of me, more of you, the cry that I hear, I know that there's another realm coming. I know that you're going to see, just like some of the stories you just talked about, it's not just seeing and hearing God, it's fellowshipping with his heart over people, industries, things, countries. God, I just see presidential appointments. I see, I see times of the royal family in England. I see, times, I see times of celebrities who would have never talked to any other Christian in the whole world, especially musicians. God, I, I know they're coming, and I know you're going to prepare his heart, not just to be a comfort to them, but you're going to prepare his heart to be your father's voice to him. And so we ask for a new installment for everybody here, but especially for Todd. And we all pray for you, Todd, this whole room, over a thousand believers, we pray for you. And we say, come up higher, come up higher. God has more. Just like you, you've been hungry. Blessed are the hungry for they'll be filled. We pray for a new filling. I pray that tomorrow would be history for you, not just for our nation, not just for evangelism, not just for the, but the office of the evangelist is getting installed in the body of Christ all over the world, where the millennials have not had this even in their top 10 priorities of souls and winning the lost, populating heaven. God is gonna raise you up. He's raising you up as a, as a picture of what love looks like, but also he's raising up an apostolic evangel- evangelistic office that hasn't been seen since Billy Graham started. And Lord, I pray that there would be a raising up of Todd, that it would be a before and after moment, that they would get so much strategy. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I'm going to talk to you real quickly about our Bowles Ministries partnership program. This podcast is made by Bowles Ministries, and it's done because of partners and people who are supporting our ministry, who are equipping us to be able to bring this kind of a show to you. If you're loving hearing these interviews where people are sharing vulnerably about their process, which I think is one of the most powerful things we can do is hear each other's process about revelation. If you're loving this, please don't only subscribe, don't only review, don't only tell your friends, but partner with us. Be part of the journey. Be part of the sending power of Bulls Ministries to get this message across the world. You guys can be part of our team. All you have to do is go to bullsministries.com, click on giving or partnership. And when you go there, you're going to be part of an incredible partnership community. We're going to resource you. We actually have partnership director who calls all of our partners once a year. We have resources that we send you. There's your very own special partner page with messages and videos that only you can have. But we need you to partner with us if you love this show so that we can actually take it into a whole nother level with the rest of season two, but also go into season three and beyond.